This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Go to Mark chapter 6. We're going to camp out in Mark chapter 6 today. It's going to be a good day. We're in a series called Tuned In. Uh, we're talking about laying a foundation to go into 2019. Isn't that crazy? 2019, 19. Next year's going to be 2020. That's just not so to me. Anybody like grow up with Back to the Future? You know what I mean? And remember it was like, wasn't it like 2015 or in the movie, you know? I'm like, where's the hoverboard? Seriously, okay? I mean, like, ones that literally, like, float on air. I mean, I'm hugely disappointed. Seriously. Mark chapter 6, verse 34. And we're going to look through a bunch of different verses today. And I've spoken out of this chapter. And for whatever reason, the Lord just keeps bringing me back to this passage. There's just so much truth uh, that lies in this passage, and I believe it's going to help us to build a foundation uh, going into 2019. And part of that foundation is a foundation of prayer. We believe 100% that when we pray and trust the Lord, that he is a God that moves with prayer, okay? Prayer is so important. Communication with God is so important. And I believe that it's one of the tactics of the enemy in this day and age in our culture to make us too busy to have time to pray or to make us too distracted to have time to pray. And uh, because the enemy understands that there is great power released when God's people humble themselves, trust the Lord, and pray, okay? And so we're going to talk about prayer and, and, and learn some things from this scripture today. Verse 34, it says, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he, st- as he stepped out from the boat, and he had compassion upon them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. This is the mission of Elevate Church right here, to feed, tend, and love people. We want to feed people the word of God. We want to tend their life just like we did this morning with Jim and with Zach and Sarah and all of you. And we want to love people where they're at in their journey, on their journey with the Lord. Okay. It goes on to say this, says that he began teaching them many things. Verse 35, late in the afternoon, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowd away so that they can go to the nearby farms and villages to buy something to eat. Verse 37, but Jesus said to them, you feed them. You feed them. The disciples come back to Jesus and say, with what? They ask. We had to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all of these people. Okay. There's going to be moments in your journey with the Lord that the Lord is going to try to increase your faith and trust in him. And in those moments, our instant reaction is always how, why, I don't understand, I don't get it, God, like, like this isn't making sense. This is what's happening with the disciples. Jesus says, you feed them, and they're looking at Jesus like, with like, what? You know, like, we don't have much already as a crew, and there's like 5,000 men and their wives and their kids, 
and they're all hungry. You ever been with hungry people or, you know, they're just like hungry, angry people? You know what I mean? Could you imagine these people? And they're looking at Jesus like, like, what are you talking about? I remember the same feeling when the Lord spoke into our hearts to start this church, Elevate Church. And I knew the Lord was so very clear with me. For, for two years, every January, we would have prayer and fasting. We'd do a Daniel fast. And during, for two years in a row, the Lord was so very clear to me that we were called to this area, that we had a DNA on our life that was different than any other church in this area, that we were called to come down here to start a church, that he was with us, that he was going to bless us, that he was going to have our backs. And so I'll never forget that last year of prayer and fasting, the Lord kind of threw down the gauntlet. He said, listen, you either do what I told you to do or I will move on to somebody else. And at that moment, you're like, okay, God, I get it. Okay, here we go. And so I remember I went to Pastor Pat, our pastor up at Living Word Church in Dayton, Ohio. And I said, you know, Pastor Pat, uh, you know as well as I do that, you know, God's, you know, calling us to start a church, but now's the time. We have to go do it. And he said, yep, I totally understand. That was during, you know, the time of prayer and fasting. And then a couple months go by. And isn't it amazing what happens after a couple months go by after God has spoken to something to you, Okay. God will speak something to you, and, you know, right away you'll have this instant faith and this hope and this life, and then a couple months passes by, and you start thinking, you start dwelling, you start processing, you start thinking, you start, you know, trying to figure out how are we going to do this, and then a couple months later you are where? In faith. Not faith, but fear. Okay, you are in fear. And so I remember a couple months later I was absolutely terrified about what God was calling us to do. I knew that, you know, we were going to have to take a huge step of faith. We were leaving, you know, a very secure church. The church was around 1,500 people. Me and Jess both were working there on staff. We were leaving paychecks. We were leaving a lot. And so I remember I came to Pastor Pat um, one day. We were having our, you know, Monday morning meeting. And I came to him, and I was just, I mean, I was at the place where I was almost trembling. You ever been there? where you're so frightened about where you're going or what's happening. And I'm just, I'm trembling. I'm, I'm upset. I, I don't know, you know, you know, how to take these next steps, you know, perfectly. And, and I come to Pastor Pat and I meet with him and, and I'm explaining to him how scared I am. Okay. I'm just so scared. And I'll never forget. He looked at me and he said, if God said go, then go. And he will be a hundred percent for you. And I was like, I know, you know what I mean? I'm like, I know you're right, you know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm still like, I'm still like, you know, uh, like trembling, but he just said it so matter of fact. And instantly I went from trembling to almost like anger. Like, don't you understand how I feel right now? Don't you get what's going on inside of me? I am so scared. Fear has flooded into my heart. I'm wondering, you know, like, what happens if this doesn't work? Like, you know, like, that was a big question in my heart. Like, you know, like, I'll go do this. I'll go do what God's called me to do. But wonder if it doesn't work. Like, what am I going to do? I have a wife. I have kids. Like, how am I going to take care of my family? And I'm like, you know, I'm saying all this to Pastor Pat. I'm, you know, pouring out my heart to him. And all I wanted him to do was to do what? To give me a hug and tell me everything was going to be okay, right? I wanted him to tell me that he had my back. 
I wanted Pastor Pat to tell me that if anything bad happened or if anything failed, that he had my back. But that's not what he did. I remember so, he was so matter of fact. He looked at me right in the eyes, and this is what he said. I wrote it down. He said this, if God is for you, he pointed at me. I was like, why are you pointing at me, you know? Like, what have I done wrong? I felt like I was in a principal's office, you know? He said, if God is for you, and you have heard God's voice, Jeff, then there's nothing to fear. God will provide everything you need. And I remember he turned around. He said, we're done. I promise you. And I remember... I walked out, and I was, I mean, I was, I mean, I thought I was trembling when I walked in. You know, I was like, ah, you know, like walking out, I'm like shaking inside. But what's the truth? Pastor Pat was 100% right, and I was 100% wrong. Pastor Pat knew that God is what? He is always, always faithful, that God had me and has me. Okay, do you understand that? God had me in that moment, but God also already knew every single day of my life, and he knows every single day of your life, and he's laid it all out. All he needed me to do, all God needed Jeff Workmeister to do, all God needs you to do is to do what? Walk in faith. Trust him. And this is what he's doing with the disciples. He's going, listen, all I need you to do is walk in faith. I've already set up everything. I just need you to trust me in this moment right now. Verse 38 says this. Jesus says to them, how much bread do we have? Yes. Go and find out. And they came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Okay. Again, this is a moment that has happened in my life. I remember we were six weeks out where we were going to launch the church at Little Miami High School. Look, look at your neighbor and say Little Miami High School, okay? <laughs> okay, all right, listen, okay? I love, 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 love everything that happened there, but I've, I have no idea why God sent us there other than to reach some people that really, really needed to be reached in that place in that moment, okay? And we're at six weeks out. And I'll never forget, I'm out in the garage, and we have like I think we had like six or seven tables out there. We were redoing tables and doing chairs, making money so that we could live. And I'm out there in the garage and I'm talking to the Lord. I'm like sanding tables and I'm talking to the Lord and I'm telling the Lord like everything that we don't have. You ever done that with the Lord? Like the Lord is asking you to step out in faith. The Lord is asking you to do something. The Lord is trusting you and you respond to the Lord about everything that you don't have. And so I'm like talking to the Lord and I'm like, you know, Lord, we have a, we had a small team. I think we had a team, what, just of what, 15? Around 15 people, okay? And if you look at like church planning, like models, they tell you that you need like 50 to 60 people to plan a church. And we had like 15 people. And, but those 15 people were dedicated. They were awesome, awesome people. We had a little, you know, shot of money. I think we had raised a total of maybe, I think we had like 40 thousand dollars that we raise most church planning you know you know programs and tools tell you that you need around 
$200,000 to start a church, you know, you know, because there's a lot of stuff that you have to buy. There's a lot of things that have to happen. And so I'm telling God, like, everything that I don't have. And I'm kind of complaining to him. And I'm like, you know, we have like six weeks to go. And, 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 and I wasn't even scared. I was so bold at that time. I don't know why I was so bold. I was so dumb because I was basically telling God off. And I was like, you told me to come here. And you told me that you'd have my back. And you told me, and I'm Sandy Tables right now and and I don't have the money and we don't have enough people and we're six weeks away and I'm basically like uh to God you know what I mean I don't know if you've ever been there before but I was and so I'm telling God off and I remember God like spoke very clearly to my heart and he said call Frankie and I was like Frankie yeah, yeah, Frankie. And so Frankie was a guy that I interned with a long, long time ago. And he had actually started a church like 10 years prior. And his church was doing really, really well. And so I thought to myself, yeah, I'll call Frankie. Like, thanks, God. You know what I mean? Like, that's just a great thing, you know? And so I'm thinking, yeah, Frankie will understand. He started a church like we did. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking what? Frankie will hear like everything that's going on and Frankie will give me all the money that I need, right? Yeah, like that's, that's, that's where I'm at. So I, I, like, I like instantly text Frankie. I'm like, hey, I know you're busy, but can we talk? He's like, yeah, tomorrow morning, that'd be great. And so the next morning I woke up, I had like a pep in my step. I'm like, I'm calling Frankie this morning, you know? And so I call Frankie and, and I'm like, hey man, what's up? And he's like, I'm good. He's like, how are you? He's like, you're only a few weeks away from starting the church. I'm so excited for you. And I'm like, yeah, about that, you know? Like we're kind of struggling with some things and we're struggling with money. And he was like, you know, how much money are you short? And I'm like, we're short probably like $40,000. And in my head, I'm thinking like, man, what's $40,000 to his big church? Like his church is in the middle of the woodlands in uh, Houston, Texas. I think the minimum like like average income in the woodlands is like $170,000 there. I mean, it's like big time money. I'm like, ah, $40,000. This is gonna be nothing to Frankie, you know what I mean? And I'm telling him, and, he, and this is, I'll never forget. This is what the, he said to me. He said, he said, well, what do you have? And I was like, uh, we have like $40,000. He's like, do you have enough money to buy some speakers and a mic? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, then start the church. And I was like, I'm like, Frankie, like, I'm like, we need kids stuff. And like, I'm like, we need like, you know, like we need rockers, you know, and I'm like, we need flooring and, you know, we need like, you know, instruments and stuff. And he goes, you don't need any of that. All you need is some speakers and a mic. He goes, just buy some speakers, buy a microphone, buy some tracks, do worship and start the church. He's like, give me a call after you start the church and hung up the phone. And I was like, God, what are you doing? I'm like, what is going on, God? Again, I was trying to put my faith in people. See, in both circumstances, I wanted to put my faith in Pastor Pat. I wanted to put my faith in Frankie. And we all do this. We want to find somebody that's going to help us walk this journey of faith. And yes, we come together and we do this together, but there are moments when God's going, I'm calling you out so that you can see that I'm faithful, so that you can know for yourself 
that I am Jehovah Jireh. So you can know for yourself that I'll never leave you or forsake you. I want you to step out in a new realm of faith. Verse 39 says this. Then Jesus told his disciples to sit down and sit the people down in groups in the green grass so they could sit down in groups of 50 or 100. Verse 41, Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, and he looked towards heaven, and he blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. Verse 42, they all ate as much as they wanted. Afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers of fish, uh, bread and fish. Verse 44, a total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. So there's probably over 15,000 people there that day. 15,000 people. 15, I, was reading, I was reading this this week, and the Lord said, Jeff, can we just stop? And I was like, stop what? He's like, can you just stop doubting me? Can you just, he's like, I'm the God that multiplies. I, and I'm a really good father. He's like, if I cared enough to feed the people, he's like, I could have sent them all away, but I wanted to show them that I was a good God. I wanted to show them that in me, every need that they possibly have in their life, in their soul, anything they're ever going to need, they can find it in me. That's why I didn't want to send them away. And he said, Jeff, can you just, can you just step into 2019 in a new level of faith in me without bringing the doubts of the past with you? And I think God's saying that to some of you today. Can you walk into 2019 and trust me in a new way, in a new level, and, and leave some doubts behind? Leave some lack of faith behind. Leave it in the past. You know, me and my son, Michael, we've been driving like every day to Dayton. He's playing at Dayton or Detroit Christian basketball, and we have practice up there. And so we have a lot of time in the car. And and the Lord kind of nudged my heart the other day. He's like, hey, you know, you have all this time in the car. You know, why don't you take some of this car time in the car and kind of talk about the word and play some worship music. And you two can just kind of spend some time in the presence of the Lord. And so I had some worship music on the other night. And, 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 and we're, we're talking about the word of God. And we're talking about the Old Testament. Okay? And I know for a lot of us as adults, you know, the, new, the Old Testament is confusing, okay? And so we're talking about the Old Testament, and to a 13-year-old, the Old Testament can be like super crazy and, you know, you know, wacko. And, you know, and so I'm talking to him about like, you know, like the temple, and I'm talking to him about the sacrifices. And he's like, he's like, why was there sacrifices? And, you know, like what was going on? And I was talking about the sacrifices would cleanse you from your sin and your, you know, you, you know, all of your wrong, your shame, but then God sent Jesus and he came and he took all of our sin and our shame so that we wouldn't have to make sacrifices, so that Jesus would be the sacrifice, so that we could just trust and believe in him, that we would be made righteous, and in that righteousness, we could come to his throne anytime we want, and we could receive grace and peace and love. And as I'm speaking all these things out to my son in the car, the Lord's just reminding me, look at all that I've done. Look at all that I've done, everything that I've pushed away so that you could come boldly to my throne of grace to receive whatever you need at any moment and any time. 
Jeff, come on. And I could just feel the Lord pressing into my heart, into the car, just going, come on, I need you in 2019 to walk in new realms of faith, trusting me, trusting that if I took my son Jesus and poured all my wrath, everything upon him so that you could live a free life. There is nothing I won't do for you, Jeff. There's nothing I won't take care of. There's nothing I won't get out of the way so that you can fulfill all that I've called you to do. Can I get an amen today? Listen, verse 45 says this. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that the disciples go back into the boat and head across to the lake, of, to the other side of the lake, to Bethesda. While well, he sent the people home, verse 46, after telling everybody, everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Verse 47, late that night, the disciples were in a boat. Can I have some help with my boat? Okay, I need, yeah, yeah, can you, yeah, I don't care who helps me. Is that good? Give it up for our helpers today, everybody. Come on. Listen, look at this beautiful Boat, every single one of us. Look at this. It's a Seahawk 2, everyone. Oh, gosh, it's falling apart. Oh, gosh, I don't know if it's seaworthy. Woo! All right. Yeah, right here. That's good. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Yeah, thank you. I went, Listen, I went to Cabela's last night. That's like the greatest store in, like, the earth. I love it. Have you ever had their hot nuts? Oh, I'm serious. Hot nuts. They're the greatest thing ever, okay? Listen, hot donuts and hot nuts, oh, my gosh, it's the glory of God. Okay. They have everything there. They had a blow-up bear, like an inflatable bear that you could shoot stuff at. I was like, this is, this is incredible. I love this place. So Jesus says to the disciples, get into the boat. And I know this isn't like the boat the disciples were in, but I, I got to imagine that those boats in those days and those times, you know, they weren't you know, anything pretty to look at, okay? So Jesus tells the disciples, get in the boat, and he says this, go to the other side. I'm going to go pray, and I'll meet you there, okay? Verse 46, or verse 47. Late that night, the disciples were in the boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land, verse 48. He saw that they were in serious trouble, I like that the word says serious trouble. It means that this was like, like a bad moment. I don't know if you've ever felt that in your life, where you're like, man, I'm in serious trouble. I do not know what to do. I don't, I don't know what we're, we're going to do in this moment. It says they were in serious trouble, rowing hard, okay? Um, Anybody ever been out on a lake before in a boat, like, like with paddles, you know what I mean? And like just, you know, like rowing. I'll never forget this one time. Uh, me and Matt, Pastor Matt, he was singing this morning. Me and Matt, uh, we were up in Michigan, and we went uh, to this lake house, and we went out on this boat. You remember that day, Matt? We went out on that boat. It was just me and you. Matt was about 15 years old, and and I remember we were just out, like, tooling around. It's, a, it's one of those power boats, and you could, like, tube with it, and it's just me and Matt. And we're, like, out in the middle of the boat, and neither of us had the, you know, presence of mind to even check if the boat had gas. And so we're just, like, you know, we're just out in the middle of the lake, and we're tooling around and all of a sudden the boat just dies I mean it just dies you know and we could see 
like land. I mean, land would have probably been from like the back of this room all the way to like the back of the school across the street, okay? And we could see land, okay? And me and Matt, we were like, we're like, you know, we're like, yeah, we got this, you know? Like, I mean, we didn't have cell phones or a horn or a flare or anything, you know, to let anybody know that like we need help. And so me and Matt literally tied a rope to the front of the boat jumped out of the boat and started swimming with the boat. I mean, I promise you, like, we were, like, swimming. As, and I promise you, I promise you, at one point I was like, Matt, I just want to die. I was like, just, this is just like, and I mean, we were just, like, looking at each other like, this is the end, you know what I mean? And I think it took us four hours to get to the other side of, of the lake. Listen, if you've ever been in a boat and there's strong winds. I remember that day, the, the wind was a little strong. The waves were just a little bit choppy. Have you ever been in a boat and you're rowing? Like, that's hard work, okay? Like, these guys are working hard. Water is coming into the boat. They are in trouble. They are in the middle of the lake. They can't see the other side. They can't see where they just came from. They're literally in a place where they're like, listen, like, this might be it. This might be the end of our existence, okay? It says this, about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. And then it says this, he intended to go past them. You ever, you ever read that before? I don't know if you've ever read those words, but I have read those words for years and thought, what do you mean? You intended to go past them. You saw they were in serious trouble. They were working hard. They were terrified. They think they're going to die. And the Bible says that Jesus intended to go past them. And I think sometimes this is how we feel. We feel like, yeah, I don't know if Jesus really cares about everything going on in my life. I don't really think Jesus understands the craziness that is my life right now. I think that Jesus is just walking past my life, and he doesn't care, and he doesn't know what's going on, and I am rowing hard, and I am drowning, and I am fighting the waves of life. I am rowing hard against student loans. Can I get an amen from anybody rowing hard against student loans, okay? You're rowing hard against that, or you're rowing hard against the seas of a rough, hard marriage. Listen, I know what that feels like. Me and Jess went through that for years, like, we're, we're just like, you know what? We're not going to give up. We're going to keep trusting the Lord. We're going to keep putting him first. But this is hard. This isn't fun. Uh, this isn't like, like, I remember like just feeling like we would go out with people sometimes and, and they would have like the perfect marriage. And in the back of my head, I'm just like, where is that? Rowing hard in life. Maybe you're rowing hard with your children. You know, there's some really good days. Like last night, we had an awesome family moment. We, uh, I brought home some pizza. I was here at the church, and then I came home. I brought home some pizza. We watched the movie The Star. Anybody watch the movie The Star yet? Okay. Wonder, yes, thank you. Two thumbs up. Yes, yes, two thumbs up. Great movie. It's about Jesus. Uh, Sony made it a couple years ago. We're watching the movie The Star. And then, you know, the end of the movie, you know, like these 
Oh, I can't tell you the whole story, but there's this great moment, and Jesus is alive, and, and you know, the, the credits start rolling, and the music starts playing, and, and Ben, our middle son, he's nine years old, he starts dancing, okay? And when Ben starts dancing in his house, for whatever reason, he can't dance with clothes on. He always takes his clothes off, okay? It is always a naked show, okay? So, you know, Ben is like, you know, prancing around naked, you know, he's making gestures with his body, and he's like, you know, clothes, car, you know what I mean? And, you know, and then Luke, you know, takes off his clothes, you know, and Michael's like, why do they always take their clothes off, you know? And we're just having an awesome family moment, you know. It's just, it's one of these moments that I'm just like, I never want to forget this. Like these, these, are, these are the greatest moments. We're laughing as a family, having a good time. But yet there's moments raising kids that are really hard. I remember, I remember Michael was like nine years old. And we, when we first had Michael, we were in ministry, and it was tough, and it was hard, and we had no idea how to raise kids, and I remember we just, we had a king-size bed, so we just had Michael in the middle when he was little, and he just slept in our bed, but he was now nine years old and still wanted to sleep in our bed, and, 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 and it, sounds, it sounds comical, but it's really not, okay? It is really not fun when you have a nine-year-old and you're laying next to a nine-year-old and you think he's asleep, but the moment that you start to move, he death grips you and pulls you and sucks you back in to next to him, okay? And I mean, it'd be like, it'd be like, Jess would be in his room for like, hours and hours and I'd just be like I don't have a wife I mean literally I, she's just every night in his room and I remember like just crying out to the Lord like God like help us you know like please like I mean he had he had nightmares he was terrified of the dark I mean I was just like I was just like Lord like he's gonna be like 14 and he's gonna be the weird kid he like he's gonna be the like super weird kid you know you know, maybe you're in your job and you're rowing hard and you're like, I'm just, you know, putting in my time every day and it feels like nobody sees me. And sometimes this is how we feel, you know? I'm like, oh, gosh, should I get into the boat, you know? We're in the boat. Oh, Jesus. You know? And we're just rowing and we're rowing and we're fighting and the water's coming in and we're in trouble and we're scared and we're fearful and we're like, God! Don't you see me? Don't you see me? And I struggled. I'll be honest with you. If I'm being completely honest with you, I have struggled with those words for a long time. Like, God, what did you mean? I remember, I remember times preaching this passage, and I wouldn't read those words. Because I, I was like, I can't reconcile this. I don't know what to do with it. And, and I was reading this passage the other day. And I was just like, Lord, what did you mean that he intended, you intended to go past them? And the Lord just opened up my understanding. He said this. He said, listen, I will never push myself on anyone or anything. This is what free will is truly all about. He said, listen, all I needed them to do was to call out for me. That's it. That's all I needed them to do. But there are times 
that we go, I want to do it my way, God. Or there are times that we're like, I got this. I, I, you know, like, Lord, I know that your word has a lot to say about raising children, or I know that your word has a lot to say about finances, or I know that the word has a lot to say about my marriage. See, see, when we had a tough marriage, it was because both of us said, you know, we know what the word says, but we don't want to do it. Right? We wanted to do things our way. And in those moments, God goes, fine, I'll let you row. You just keep rowing. And hopefully, hopefully, some way, somehow, you'll get there. But the moment you talk to me, the moment you cry out to me, I'll come. Verse 49 says this. But when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a ghost. Say, it's a ghost. It's a ghost, okay? You know what I love about this? Is that they cry out to Jesus, and this is how they cry out to Jesus. It's a ghost! It's a ghost! Now, I don't know about you. If I saw a man walking on the water, I'd be like, I will do anything to paddle the other way. You know what I mean? I'm like, I am out of here, you know? It's the ghost of J. Davy Jones, you know what I mean? Davy Jones, yeah, I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Hey, come on, come on, yeah. I like that movie, okay? So they cry out, it's a ghost. They didn't even cry out properly. I mean, think about this. They didn't even say, oh, it's Jesus. Look, it's Jesus walking in the water. They cried out, it's a ghost. You know what I love about God is this. He doesn't expect you to have it all together all the time. I think that's just such a lie in the church. In church, we just think, I got to have it all together so God will respond to me. And if I don't have it all together, I'm not even going to try to reach out to God because he won't even reach back to me because I don't have my life together. I don't have it together the way that somebody else has it together, so I'm not going to even cry out. But God's going, no, 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 I just need you to cry out. I just need you to speak out. I just, I don't care if it's the wrong thing. And that's what is beautiful about prayer. I love prayer because prayer is just you communicating to the God that made you and knows you and cares about you. And he does not care how it sounds. He doesn't care what it comes out as. He doesn't care. All he cares about is that you are talking to him because he wants to talk to you. He loves when his children talk to him. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, it says this, Keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. James chapter 4, verse 2, it says this, You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't have it. So you fight, and you, war, and you wage war to take away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you didn't ask God for it. God's going, just talk to me. I'm a good father. Good fathers care about their kids. 
Listen, I make mental notes when I talk to my kids and they talk to me about something and it matters to them. What matters to them then matters to me because I'm a good father. And as a good father, it is my pleasure to do good things for my kids. God is the same way. You are sons, you are daughters, you are righteous, and he wants to know what is in your heart. God cares desperately about what's inside of you. He loves you so deeply, and he wants his children to talk to him. Verse 50 says this. Worship team, you guys can come on up. Verse 50 says this. They were all terrified when they saw him, but Jesus spoke to them at once and said this. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Verse 51. I love this. It says this. He climbed into the boat with them. You know what I love is this, is that God could have said, don't have fear. Take courage. I'm here. And he could have stopped the storm and everything and said, you know what? I'll see you at the other side. Because you know what the Lord also showed me about this, this passage was this. They were fine. They were fine. Why were they fine? God has showed them the miraculous right before they went into the boat. So what is God showing them? Listen, I'm... I'm the God of the heavens and the earth. I've created everything. Like everything bows to me. And then God said this to him. Jesus said this to them. Go to Bethesda. I'll meet you there. So he had already declared to them where they were going. And sometimes this happens in our life. God declares something to us. And then we get into the middle and we're like, God, what's going on? I feel like I'm sinking. I feel like I'm taking in water. I feel like I don't know what to do. And God's going, you're fine. I already declared where you're going. This happened to me about three weeks ago. I was in here and I was just crying out to the Lord. I was like, God, you told me that we were going to have this building. You told me that's where we were going. What is going on? And he said, stop talking to me like this. I promise you. He said, stop talking to me like this, Jeff. I already said where you're going. I just need you to trust me. I got all the timing worked out. I don't need you to get involved with this. I just need you to stand in faith, Jeff. That's all I need you to do. Just show me your faith. Show me your trust. I'll take care of everything. But you know what Jesus did? Instead of just walking by, he said, take courage. And he said this. Watch out, guys. Let me in. Let's go together. Let's go together. Whatever God calls you to do, he doesn't ask you to do it on your own. He goes, I'll do it with you. I just need you to talk to me. Just bring me into the boat. I just want you to bring me into the boat. Take me in the boat with you. 
and we'll go there together. We'll get to the other side together. You know, my favorite thing is this. It said this, that when Jesus got into the boat, that the wind stopped. The wind stopped. When you bring Jesus into your boat, peace comes, joy comes, his love comes. And even though you may still be in the middle, and even though you still not, not, might not know where you're going, how you're going to get there, and how it's all going to work out, it's okay because you're like, I got peace, and I got joy, and Jesus is in the boat with me. Amen? So, on your seat, you have a little card, okay? And this is what I want to do today. I want you, if you're a couple, to do this together. If you're a single, do it by yourself. But I want you to just sit here for a minute. And I want you to think of a few things that you want to bring Jesus into your boat in 2019. Some things that you're like, you know what, I'm going to believe in prayer. I'm going to stand in faith. We're going to believe together. or I'm going to believe by myself. We're going to pray and we're going to trust the Lord. And we're going to write down some things that we need to see God do in 2019. Maybe it's something in your family. Maybe it's something at your job. Maybe it's something, you know, with an extended family member. Maybe it's something with your kids. I don't know what you need, but you know what you need. And you know what you need to see happen in 2019. And God's going to go, I'm going to take you on a journey of faith so that you can see my goodness, my favor, work in your marriage, work in your kids, work in your job, work in all these situations. So just take a minute. I just want you to write for a minute, okay? Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.